Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. Guys, uh, I feel like uh, Sixers gave us a little pre-Christmas treat on uh, Wednesday night with that uh, amazing win over the uh, Timberwolves and be looking phenomenal, um, just dominating. And obviously we're, we're going to get into a little bit of that during the show, but what was your guys' takeaways from um, that pre-Christmas treat NB gave us on Wednesday? Uh, he's balling. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could say that. Like he's balling, he's playing well, and um, you know, that's we wanted a guy that superstar player that can dominate, and that's what he's doing. I mean, he's 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 bringing it. So um, you just want to, you know, you hope he can, you know, he's shown that he can he can maintain it for a year. We just hope he can continue to carry it that dominance for the season, and hopefully into a ring. Yeah, I mean, yeah, said it best. I just, just enjoy enjoy the ride, enjoy the uh, the window while it's wide open right now with Embiid's uh, prime. Yeah, and I, I, we kind of hinted, hinted at this on the show how like you know uh, Stephen A. Smith and Shane Sharp called us a dark horse, but like they continued that talk mm-hmm. after that performance on Wednesday, saying, "Oh, we're a sleeper uh, to come out of the East." So like I. I don't know. I, I don't really understand how we're a sleeper at this point. The only people sleeping on us is is the talking heads on those shows. But yeah, <laughs> so stupid. I mean, anything's um, a sleeper if the, if that's not who they picked initially. That's true. So if you pick someone else, then that team has to be a sleeper in your eyes. But you just that's just your. It just wasn't your choice. But it doesn't make mm-hmm. them a sleeper. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they finished top three in the league. Last year, and they have the MVPs, and you know, you lose James. Yeah, maybe because you lose James, but it wasn't like you left James in free agency. You lost James in free agency, and you didn't get anything in return. So, come on, it's that's just I don't. Well, you know, it's made for television, basically. Yeah, yeah, it just shows you how much I guess they thought we would crumble without Harden. That's the only explanation I can come up with. Yeah. Well, I know Stephen A. Smith, he has the uh, kind of the bias with the Knicks, and I think he thought the Knicks were going to overtake the Sixers once um, with the kind of the stuff that was going on with, with Harvin this year, but that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, yikes. No, not yet. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. They, they, I think they, they also wanted it for a double duty because if they ascended and we struggled, then the MB to Knicks rumors would just keep going and going and growing and growing. Yeah. No moss. Nope, no more. All yeah. right, so we're gonna we're gonna continue to talk about the uh, the Timberwolves game the other night. So another game versus the Timberwolves where Embiid and Maxi scored 86 out of our 127 points, and we didn't have a third double digit score. I know we've talked about this on our last show, um, kind of the negative of that of not having a consistent third score. But I kind of want to focus on the positive, and that's something that when we posted this the other day, people wanted want us to talk more about the positive aspects of that of having two guys like that. Um, but I want to ask you guys, do you, right as of right now, we're talking 12, 22, 2023, are Maxi and MB the best duo in the league currently? I mean, they have an argument. I mean, they have an argument. Um, it also depends on are we just talking about this season? Or are we talking about career? Are we talking about the last few seasons? Um, it, you know, it, it, that's what it comes down to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, the, the question is, we're talking about this season. 
they're up there. Yes, they're they're definitely up there. Um, if we're talking about what people have done in the last few years, they're up there, but they wouldn't be the top, you know, because Maxie's so young. Um, and we were talking about careers, then no, they wouldn't be uh, one of the top top ones because you have some guys based on their whole career. Like it's just not, it's not a fair comparison yet. Um, but right now in the league, right now, this season, yes, they are one of the top, you know, they're arguably the top duo in this league. Um, you can make a valid point to argue that this, this season. Um, so that, that's where I stand on. I went into this, not trying not to be biased. Um, I don't want to look for like stats or reasons to justify why I think they are. I just want to kind of be like, all right, let's see, let's see what all the, what, what it shows. Right. So just digging through tweets and just stats and basketball reference. And so, um, number one, offensive rating duo, um, the most 30 point games together. They have six, um, Giannis and Lillard are the next closest one with three and Brown Tatum two, Luca Kyrie two, SGA Chet two. Um, efficiency ratings, Embiid's um, one, Maxi's 13. The next best duo would be Giannis, four, and Lillard, 12. Um, if you're going by highest point per game duo, Embiid, Maxi, 62.2, Giannis, Lillard, 57.1, Booker, Durant, 58.9, Luca, Kyrie, 55.7. Combined assists, Maxi and Embiid, 12.6. And this is one that you think, like, all right, some of these guys will get a leg up on them. Uh, Kyrie and Luca, 14.3, hardly even edging them out. Lillard and Giannis, 12.4, less than them. Durant and Booker, 13.8, because Booker's been playing so much like point guard this year. Um, so they're, they're, they edge them out. Um, Box plus minus, Embiid and Maxi, 18.5. The next closest duo is LeBron AD at 13.5. Um, uh, Vorp, highest in the league combined. Um, it's, it's crazy. It, it, it's, I, I would say, yeah, right now. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue against. They're just, you know, every single game they combine for like <laughs> 50 to 70 points easy. And like, it's, 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 you know, and it doesn't even need to be a good game by one of them. They, 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 they Maxie's had games where he's struggled and still put up like, you know, 25 to 35, um, that is definitely the positive. I mean, yeah, there there are the negatives of those bad games. He just keeps shooting, and I, I love that. I love that he's not afraid. I love that he keeps doing it. Um, but, yeah, a third scorer would be – a third double-digit scorer would be nice every so often. Yeah, I mean, the question is, do, do they – I mean, they have guys that are capable of being the double-digit yeah. scorer. So, it – where their, their duo, where it's positive – it it's some kind of um, questions because it's like if we if we look at all the other teams maybe outside of the Mavericks um, they have a duo but they also have other guys that like if you add their numbers it would they would take make a big leap you a know, trio like also we have. Or, or, or like in Boston's case, you can have four guys. Yeah, you know what I'm Someone's saying. Five, actually. Um, with Eric White. Yeah, I'm just saying, like the Lakers, for instance. I mean, you didn't even mention the Lakers. Um, so it, it's interesting. You know, it's very interesting on um, you know, when it kind of depends on the criteria for everything, just like almost everything else. Yeah. You're right. If you, we threw a third guy in there, I think we'd get we get beat by a lot of those teams. I mean, Suns are a little weird because Beal hasn't really been there. So, who's our third leading scorer? Probably Nurkic. Um, so that'd be pretty close. Uh, he's probably somewhat close to what Harris is. But if you threw like the big one would be the Bucks. Like you said, Boston's got so many guys. I mean, yeah. If you took a, a as a total, I mean, they're just like you know, and they they lose a guy, the guy rests one of their other guys steps up and becomes like an instant third score. Like Derek white, when anyone's out scores like 20, 25. So like, yeah, I mean, it's, 
we definitely are lacking that, which is interesting because if you look at last year, between Maxi Embiid and and Harden, the ball dominance is crazy, right? Between those three guys last year, but like we still were able to sustain Embiid's thirty three, uh, Maxi's like twenty one, whatever twenty, and then Harden's like what twenty. So, like, we, we were able to do that last year with another guy who had the ball in his hands probably even more than but, but, Max but is this year. The difference, is, the difference is the guy that had this ball in, in his hands the most was the guy that was looking to pass the ball primarily yeah. first. Yeah. That's, That's the true. So he was he was looking to pass and, and, and still get some shots. He wasn't looking to score 30 and then pass. That's the difference. Yeah. That's the primary difference between Maxi, I would say that Maxi is looking to score first and he's able to find guys. He's not looking to pass first. Um, and that's, that's who he is. Like he's the guy that's going to score for you first. Um, yeah. And that, and that's the difference. So that's how, that's why guys may get a little more when the ball was in James hands. Um, whereas Maxi is making plays, but he's making plays for himself first and he's doing a good job at it, and he shoots and he's shooting, especially from three, shooting it well. So it's hard to be like pulling back when he's doing it so well. Yeah, because it's funny because while I am really happy with the increase in assists to make up for Harden's absence between Maxi and um, and Embiid, which has been great. If you compare like last year to this year, so they have twelve point six combined assists. Last year they combined for four point two. Uh, 3.5, so 7.7. So they, they added about five assists between them this year. That's really good, right? But James averaged what, like 11 or 12 last year? So we're still down seven assists, yes. 14 points that were given out to other people, um, usually yes. to buy. So like we're, we're missing 14 points to other guys. Yes. Which is probably, if you look at the map, but, but now... Now that 14 points is going to those two guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, the match is up six points, points per game, and Embiid's up two points. So, eight. It's close. It's really close. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, Kelly probably got the other points. <laughs> yep. He's yeah. a new guy. Yep. He doesn't need assists. He just, man, he just takes him and runs it up in Jackson. Yeah. And that's how you can buy for the best duo in the league right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of diving into uh, more about Embiid's game on Wednesday night against the, the Timberwolves, uh, against Rudy Gobert, um, 51 points against the guy who's probably one of the leading candidates and favorites to win uh, defense player of the year in Rudy Gobert. Uh, Embiid is now averaging over 34 points per game. In the last four years, he's averaging 31.4 points per game, which is amongst one of the best four-year scoring stretches of all time. Others with similar numbers were Wilt, Bell, Baylor, Kareem, Harden, and Michael Jordan. Um, so the question is, and this kind of stems from what um, a Kelly Oubre post-game interview, where he said that Embiid is the best scorer of our generation. And his quote was, you can quote me on that. I'm biased, of course, but at the end of the day, I'm riding with Joe. So my question to you guys is, I know we're not going to get into the generational debate or whatever, but um, do you guys think that Embiid is the best scorer of this era or generation? What era are you talking about? Modern, like, who I guess. Who are you including in that era? Oh, um, let's say last. Let's say last. Like, what, what, where, where do you think that? Where do you think this era would start? Like, what year would it start? Hmm. I guess with Ubre's time. With LeBron James and with LeBron James and Kevin Durant be in this era? Uh, yeah. Let's, nah, quote, I, let's quote. Let's quote uh, Ubre. So let's see when Ubre started playing in the league. Of our to, generation, yeah. So, wait, we, uh, what year was that? 2017? Ray's first year was 2017, 2015, 2016. Okay. So, the last eight years, so we're comparing him to not KD and LeBron. I mean, you are just like yeah, not I mean, their that's, full that's career. What, that's what I'm saying because these dudes are top 10 scorers in NBA history. Like, what are we yeah. talking about? Yeah, so um, I'd say LeBron from his second – it almost lines up. LeBron starting from his second stint in Cleveland, pretty much. 
and Durant pretty much when he went to Golden State and on. These timelines are loosely lining up. I mean, if you if you nail it down to a certain specific time when someone came in the league, you can you can make that argument. But I don't think anyone um, that has watched the guys that are playing right now, um, I wouldn't say that he's the best scorer of of a generation. Like he, he's scoring the ball right now, but you have to take in people's whole career when you start talking about best score of a generation and careers. Like you have to do the whole career. We can't just pencil down specific years. So I don't know. That's a tough one. He's up there. He's one of the best scorers, but to say he's the best, that's, that's very debatable. I guess we'll see how he finishes this year, but we could save four year stretches. Because if you're looking at four-year stretches, yeah, all that's, what you talk about stretch, that's what I'm saying. If you talk about stretches, then yeah, I mean, you can say that. But you, we can go take a lot of people's career and put them in stretches and say during this stretch they were the best. Like that's I was that's I, said, I was actually trying to do that. So yeah, yeah, it's, I, it's I, actually I, kind of depends on what 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 narrative you're 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 doing, like what narrative you're 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 being a part of. Um, so. Yeah, I was trying to do that. I, what I was doing, I went to the top single season scoring averages of all time. And I, I, I pretty much just went to like the top like 15 guys and saw like their best stretches in their careers. Um, mm-hmm. And it came down to like Wilt, Baylor, Kareem, Harden, and Jordan, and then Embiid. I mean, even Kobe didn't have a stretch like this. And Kobe flat out score. I'm not saying he couldn't, but he never did this for four straight years of anything. Um, he had like one blow up year. I think it was like two thousand and maybe six or seven. Where he averaged like, I think it was like right after the post, like the near post shack, and he was averaging like thirty five or something a game. But then he, you know, he he came down a little bit after that. So like, guys have had like blow up years, and then they kind of come back down. Like, I mean, even Le- if you look at LeBron's best stretch, probably oh five to like oh eight. And he averaged 29 during those four years, right? What was AI's best stretch? He had a really good one too, but even his where I think like I think like 30. Uh let me see. Iverson. AI's best stretch. Let's go four years. Yeah, I mean he he's I probably go probably go here to here. Damn. I mean, he had like a <laughs> AI's was like a six year, seven year stretch. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, yeah, but 28 one year, 31.1, 31.4, and then he had 27 and 26, and then back up to 30, then 33, and then 26, and then back up to 31 again. Um, so he had a lot of kind of like, not what's it up and down because we're talking about 31 points a game and 27 points a game. So, um, but like, we're talking about like guys that average. I mean, Embiid's at 28.5, 30.6, 33.1, 35.1. When you get to that, like, 35 level, that's the one I'm just like, whoa. Like, that's – if he can yeah, sustain I mean, that. That's what, I mean, that's what, like, that's what I'm saying. So, if you're like then, – then then Will has to have some numbers that just blow it away then. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Will's like a cheat code. <laughs> Will's not even fair. And, and even, like – um I mean, Jordan for a string of years, he averaged like what thirty six, I think, one year, thirty seven. Man, Jordan was just in another cheat code: thirty seven, thirty five, thirty two, thirty three, thirty one, thirty, thirty two, um, twenty six, and then back up to thirty again. So that like seven year period, just like crazy. I don't know, Marcus went somewhere. When Jordan to... came down, that was probably the the shortened year where he didn't only play half of the year. Was that the half of the year season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a seventeen game year. Yeah, yeah. He, getting his bearings back, he was averaging twenty seven. Getting his legs under him again, <laughs> like figuring things in out the, in the middle of the seasons. Yeah, it's like figuring it out. I'd be like, all right, I'll, I'm just gonna join on the fly. It's like, but it's like that uh that major league clip where uh, Willie Mays Hayes, Willie Snipes comes from the parking lot, just and just beats everyone to the front line. <laughs> It's it's crazy, man. I mean, we're talking about a guy who took what three years off and then averaged twenty three and twenty. So it's like I, you know, 
he's he's insane too. But yeah, all the other guys. I mean, I was looking at other guys too. I was like, well, how was Lillard's best four year stretch? But like, I mean, high twenties. Lillard's a great scorer, but just not not on this level. Even Curry. I mean, Curry's an amazing like scorer, but again, like he's only averaged thirty plus twice in his career. Um, I mean, not to say he's incredible, but see, I, I would call Curry. I mean, he's not only a shooter, but I would say Curry's the best shooter of all time, not necessarily one of the best scorers of all time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I mean, that, I mean, I had a debate with someone about Steph Curry um, recently, and people were like, um, "Guy, you know, he's obviously a Golden State fan." He was like, "Man, Steph Curry, you know, he should be in the goat conversation." And I'm like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Dude, like, first off." You guys are very loose with this GOAT conversation. Like, <laughs> yeah. Can't put everybody in this conversation. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. Goats. <laughs> yeah, like I said, Steph Curry is is like my go-to guy when people want to um, say numbers and some of that stuff matter or don't matter. Okay. Because Steph Curry is one of the guys that when, when his career is over, the people – the people that see him like now are watching can be like, man, he's one of the best to ever do it. But people that's coming later that never seen him play, they aren't going to believe it. Because when you look at his career numbers right now, he's not young. He's what year 13, 14. Oh yeah. He's uh, we're not chatting about. He's, he's 35. He is 34th in scoring and 43rd in assists in NBA history. Yeah, he's well, he, didn't average, he didn't average over 20 till his mid-20s. So that's what I'm saying. So 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 when people come out and they start studying the game and they look and they be like, well, he's not even top this, or he's he's only 43rd, and you're saying he's a one, but but you had to watch him. Like he's he's like Isaiah Thomas. Like when people try to look at his numbers, like, like you had to watch him. So that's what you put like, like, all in that category too. For guys you had to watch to really understand how good they were, Chris Paul. Chris Paul's yeah, Chris numbers are like jaw jaw. Chris Paul's Chris Paul's numbers don't really jump off the board as far as being the best to ever do it. But his numbers will show that he's been great at it. His numbers are going to go down now because of the end of his career. But yes, if you look Average. at the span of his careers when he was really playing. He he was really doing it, um, I mean, and he'll finish. But he'll finish. He'll, but he'll finish as a top four assist, top five assist guy. I'm he's saying right now. Yeah, he's saying he's third right, right now. That's what I'm saying. So he's already top three. So you look at Steph, and people say it, but then that's what I'm saying. So people look at career stats when it's all over. They're going to look at career stats, and right now at 35 years old, Steph is 34 in scoring and 43rd in assists. So you, like I said, you had to watch him to really feel it. So when yeah. people come later on and didn't see him play, they're gonna wonder how. And people said, "Well, the three, the shooter, like shooting is great, but if a guy makes a lot of threes and he's a great shooter, but he scores less than the guy that's um, just a score, does it really matter? The guy shot more if he if this guy scored more." You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, yeah, I yeah. think I'm not saying that three point shots. I just I think shooting is an excellent skill. I'm just saying the fact that someone's scoring if they make threes, it's no different than someone that's not making threes. It's it's still scoring points. It just makes it makes sure you're a more skilled score, but it doesn't necessarily make you a better scorer. Yeah, yeah. Longevity matters a lot too. That's a lot more than people will give it credit for. Like no one would ever guess that Robert Parrish is one behind Charles Barkley in the all-time scoring list. Like no one. Yeah, I mean, no, no, real. Saying, but like, 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 let's say games played matter because it's like you look at a lot of guys that has, um, like Magic Johnson is where he is, and I believe that at the time that I was showing the stat, at that time I think Steph had played one game to me, and Magic was wherever he is in the sets, like five and mm-hmm. seven, 43. And Magic played like one one less game. 
So then you have a guy like Norm Nixon, who people would never put in that category, play 150 games less than Steph and had more assists. Yeah. So yeah. it you can you can look at all of these stats and you can and you can put up and you can come up with whatever narrative you want to come up with. Like quick question for you guys. Who do you think is higher on the all-time scoring list? Lillard or DeRozan? Who's what? Who's higher on the all-time scoring list? Lillard or DeRozan? DeMar DeRozan, because Steph just passed DeMar DeRozan this year. Yeah, but a lot of people would you know, Dame's got the the flair and the name. A lot of people wouldn't say that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a lot of guys on that scoring list. Like it's it's like you you look at James Harden and and Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Playing the same time as Steph has more points, rebounds, and assists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you gonna say well, they played more games. Well, LeBron James played 14,000 more minutes than Michael Jordan. 400 more yeah. games. So it kind of depends like what that's what I'm saying. You can dig into dig into any stat and find the narrative that you want. Yeah. But yeah, man, um go back to the original thing of stretches. Um yeah, MB just on a on a crazy crazy run right now. Um, and it's, you know, only like five or six guys can, can really rival that. Um, it's yeah, it's very fun to watch. And I hope he finishes 35 plus this year. He's at 35.1 right now. Um, I hope he can finish that high. Yeah. Elgin Baylor is another one. Elgin Baylor didn't, didn't have as long as a career as most guys. Cause he started at 24 in the NBA. Um, but if you take his four year stretch, uh, with LA in the, in the in the early 60s, 34.8, 38.3, and 34.0, and then 25. But still, like that's I mean, like three seasons yeah, I have, in I have, it's, it's some old guys that I know that that stand firm on Elgin Baylor scoring, scoring that ball. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's interesting, man, because you know you, you and, and the thing about it is you look at scoring, most of those guys that we talked about um didn't really shoot threes either. Except mm-hmm. for Harden. Yeah. Yep, it's true. Uh the top guys. Um Durant had a pretty good three four year stretch. I he he I he, I put well, him in that. Three. Yeah, Durant shoots threes, but Durant's not a primary three point shooter. Like he's a good three point mm-hmm. shooter, but he's a he's a excellent Arguably one of the best mid-range shooters we've seen. Yes. Yeah. DeRozan's a prime example of that. He doesn't he doesn't like to take them. He doesn't take them. Yeah. All oh, it's all mid-range and drives. All of it. Hard earned throughout his career for that. Um I feel like on the grand scheme of things and scoring an all-time list, I think DeRozan's over, very, very overlooked and underrated as far as a career goes. I just don't think he gets a lot of like the credit and due that someone of his career has had and, and his type of play. Very like very nineties ish the way he plays the game in like modern day. Yeah, but on top of all the stats, and B just has everything in his offensive arsenal because all the guys we named. Most of them cannot just back you down and bully you down like that and just put the ball in your face. Most of those guys can't do that. Um, LeBron can do it against, you know, smaller threes that are playing against him or undersized guys. But, I mean, Embiid's doing it against, like, the premier big man at defense, right? He's doing it against, like, the guy that if you were, like, you know, if if your life depended on it, who am I going to put against Embiid to save my life? Gobert would probably be one of those guys you'd put up against him, and he just demolished him. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I just think that, like, that's what I'm saying. That's just another way of kind of looking at it from – because that's that's not necessarily – that's just because he's because he's bigger. But what those other guys would say, well, I did it more from the perimeter. That could be harder. So that's what, what I'm saying. If he, kind what of if he does on, that too? He has probably one of the best mid-range jumpers in the league. Everything looks – 
that's what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, like he still looked at as a bigger guy. So yeah. for him to go and pound in, into the basket is not something he's necessarily going to get credit for because that's how they view him. He's bigger than everybody. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. That's why I always thought, I mean, I'm not saying Gobert is an overrated defender. I think he's a good defender. But, yeah, man, when you're going up against, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to dog some of these guys, but, yeah, go ahead and stop Nurkic. Great, yeah, hold Nurkic to 12 points, Gobert. You get your defensive player of the year award. That's why, personally, I was always defending Ben Simmons as the best defensive player when he was with Philadelphia because every night Ben Simmons most likely guarded that team's best player because of his versatility. Every night. So on nights when he's guarding DeRozan and then he guards LeBron and then Luca, you got Gobert guarding Yaka uh, um, um, over there. Okay, so it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean the the the, and you all know, I believe I've said it on the show before, like the defensive voting, you know, the award, you know, voting for the defensive award is is flawed, um, major in a major yeah. way. I mean, I <clears throat> I played seven years here for with Sixers and got more votes than AI one time. Like, come on, that's like me getting more votes than him on the offensive end <laughs> one time out of seven. Like, come on, man. Like, that, like if I said that, then I'm crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, even AI wouldn't yeah. even do that. Like, he, we used to laugh at – we laughed at that when he got more votes than me. Like, he, like that was, like, a, a hilarious to him. Um, so, it just shows, like, the, the voting is flawed and – and there's really no criteria for the voting. So you, what you what you were saying is Ben is going out guarding guys, and you're looking at him as a who he's defending one on one or defending whoever his matchup is every game. Where where Gobert's is more of rim protection, the rebounding, changing shots, and it's not necessarily the one on one aspect of it. So that's the it, it's the criteria. You know what I'm saying? Where it's so yeah. different. Like people don't view it kind of how you are viewing it as far as a guy and who you're matching up with every night and how well you do against that guy. And that's where it's different. And that's where, you know, the voting is different because there's no criteria based on how you should vote or what you should look at in your voting. Defensive versatility. I mean, you I've seen Gobert, I've seen Gobert pulled from games because of the game plan that the offense yes, put out. Teams were attacking them. Yes. I've yes. never I so, never saw so, Ben so, I mean, AI, to, never saw Ben pulled. Yes. To 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 go back to like my point with us, like AI always he was very high in assists. So you know that that to a lot of people could mean a lot defensively. You know what I'm saying? So you just what's your criteria? But for him, it's been a lot of times where Gobert has been taken out the game because of Teams putting him in pick and roll and stretching, stretching um, their offense, and now all of a sudden you're pulling him away from the the rim. So yes, yeah. his effectiveness does decrease when that happens. Um, so that doesn't mean he's not a great defender. That no, just means the team has kind of found a found an edge, neutralized um, him. But and I think at the end of the day, I think at the, I think at the end of the day, a lot of teams maybe did him a disservice by doing that because most of the times when teams would do that, they would go small. Yes. But then they would never give him the ability to attack them on the other end. And yes, you got to take him out. If you're not allowing him to benefit from the smaller guys on the other end, and then they're stretching the defense and pulling him out. um, So he can guard perimeter guys and taking him away from the rim. So that that's, if he, like I said, if he was able to be dominant on the offensive end, they would never take him out. They will figure it out. But my thing is, if you can be neutralized, and this isn't me saying he's a bad defender by any means, obviously not. But if you can be neutralized, I don't think you should be coming away with a best defensive player in the league trophy. You shouldn't be able to be well, neutralized. I mean, a, lot, a lot of bigs can be neutralized. Like Joel can be neutralized too. Like you, you, you can, you can, you can go small and 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 put him in trouble. Like we we just watched the Chicago Bulls do it. Time after time after time. And so what did Minnesota do? They did the same thing. Kept putting him in pick and pops and stretching the pick and pop. 
and putting all shooters on the perimeter. Like they just did the same thing. But the difference is they can't put a small guy on Joel on the other end. So he punishes them. That's what I'm saying. So you can't do it because of you're going to worry about him on the other end. That's why you can do it with Gobert. Because they aren't worried about him as far as putting a bigger guy and making sure you have this certain defender for him. Yeah. Yeah, I also think another aspect we even talk about, I know we went off the defensive player of the year stuff, but uh, I don't think, I know it's a defensive award. I don't think they factor in offense at all, though. And what I mean by that is Gobert pretty much says, I'm going to focus 90% of my energy on defense and my points will come from mismatches and uh, lobs and tip-ins. Whereas MB, it's like, it's my job to score 35 a night and then come down and get three blocks and two steals a game. I have to expend all that energy on offense and still do what I do on defense on a nightly basis. I can't take plays off. I can't just sit at the bottom on the paint and wait for a tip to get my energy back. I'm expending energy every single time down both sides. Yeah, I don't think that comes into play for the voting. I don't, no, no way. But it I think no it, it comes into it comes into play for the for people getting the claim to be a, a, a top player or top, you know, two way player. It comes into play for that, but it does. I don't think it comes into play for for the voting. I don't think people will say, "Well, what is his low offensively and his expectations for what he has to bring to the team?" I don't. I mean. It may come in some some people's vote like, well, look at his load and look at what he does on the defensive end. Um, I know I, there was a point where I felt like Giannis was viewed like that. Um, so it, it's happened. So I get what you're saying. Um, but I don't think it's like people are thinking about that when they're voting. No. Well, this goes back to what you're saying. The criteria is flawed. There is like no real criteria. It's like Wild West. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of voting, um, Embiid is the early favorite to win the MVP right now. And uh, the straw poll was just released yesterday, surveyed 100 media members from across the league. Embiid received 63 per- first place votes and 27 second place votes. 63? But it's a substantial lead right now. Man. This was out of 100, you said? 100 media members. Dude, come on. He has 63. What, what, what number was number two? Did you know? Um, How many votes? Uh, Jokic had 21 first place votes. Yeah, that's that's a big difference, though. Yeah. yeah. 63 in second place is 21. That's, yeah. that's a big difference. I just – I see it as pure percentages. I, I just wish that would be – I just wish that would be higher. I, I just can't believe that almost 40% – don't think he's a don't think he's the top candidate for MVP. I just that that sounds crazy when you break it down like that. Uh, I mean, forty percent. Uh, don't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, it don't surprise me because he, you know, you were MVP last year, so. But that didn't matter for Jokic two years in a row. You know, that's what I'm saying. But we know how that go though. But people were saying that. Um, I believe Jokic is getting votes. I believe a guy like. Luca's getting votes, um, yeah. so it doesn't surprise me that 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 spread. That's why I was asking where number two was. So if number two is twenty one, that's telling me that those other you know almost twenty votes could be between maybe two players instead of one. So yeah, yeah I think that look- number is going to go down as the season goes on. Like I. I really do. Oh, yeah, he's averaging 35. Unless he sustains 35 a game and we're like top three seed. Yeah. Based no, on I'm just saying, I just think that I just think that, that him, him being MVP last year eventually is going to catch up with some voters. Oh, I don't know. And I think a lot of Joel's is also going to have to do with our team. Our team is going to have to stay yes. one of the top. Or yep. he doesn't get the benefit. I'd say top three East. Then he. It's well, okay. I think some other guys can win. Yes, I think some other guys can win it being a four or five seed, but he can't. I think Jokic did win it when he was a four or five seed, wasn't he? Yeah. The year, the first yeah, year he won. I think people can. I just don't think we can. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think we can. I mean, he, Joel can. Oh, it's we, Eric. It's we. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, last year this time we were we were fighting for we were fighting for MB to be the number one in this. Right now he's dominating this pool. So I mean, I think we should be we should be happy with that. Yeah, but yeah. it goes to show you it, though. Watch more over here. The guys, I mean, he's dominating this pool. This because pool it, right because now. it goes to show you when it's close, when it's close between him and someone else, then I'm like, okay, let's see what it's at. Oh man, it's pretty tough. Like he is. I mean, I've seen media haters of MB, previous media haters, that are saying it's not even a question. Like, it should be unanimous, like domination right now. But, but if, based- he's not, if he's not plus 70 now, dude, I mean, like, what, what does he do, average 40 a game? But based on the point system they have with this, so, they, so it's you know, they tie the first and second place votes, but the, the point system, MB has right now 848 total points. Jokic has 630 points. Giannis is third with 352, SGA 340, and then Luca rounds out the top five with 306. So, I mean, he's got, what, almost 300 points over uh, Jokic right now. About 220. Because here's the crazy thing. I haven't done Jokic's stats. But MB I mean, won in, last in year. December, that, in de- but in December, that's a big gap. Yep. Yeah, that's that's true. It's really good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's ha- but he's having one of the best like stretches of the last like th- some of those stats were comparable yeah, to Wilt. So that's, that's what Wilt. What's that one we saw yesterday, Marcus? That Wilt stat? Or no, no, Kareem. Oh. It hasn't been done since like the seventies with Kareem. It was like forty point, like twelve plus rebound games or something. I forget what I, I think it was. Um, was it straight games at thirty points in, in 12, ten 30. boards? It was something yeah, like that. Rebounds, yeah, hasn't been done in like rebounds, fifty like years. Fifty-year yeah. record. It was Kareem stats. and Kareem and Wilt did it. Yeah, Kareem yeah. and Wilt did it. Any triple doubles that, that Jokic is doing. Yeah. Yes, I think that's what it was. And any Jokic stats that he's getting that he's broken with triple doubles, he broke from like Westbrook from like five or six years ago. Okay, we're talking about stats that have been around for fifty years. Like that is. That right there should just open eyes and be like, okay, well, that's you know, when you're breaking stats 50 plus years, he's the MVP. Like it's not even a question unless their team's just garbage, and but we're not, so but, I don't know. But but you also but but also you have to you also we have to understand that whatever that narrative is, is you know what I'm saying, like they don't appreciate Kareem like they should nowadays. That's true. So when you say a stat from Kareem or from Wilt, they have tried to diminish their greatness in some ways, in my opinion. People have had, because of how they played and they didn't shoot the three and they didn't do, so people have tried to diminish their greatness. And the era, right? The era is related too, right? Yeah. But here's the thing though, right? It's crazy because Embiid's doing something that a Wilt or Kareem era did but he's doing it in this impossible to play era. That's the crazy thing. He he has 1970 stats in two, 2023. That's unheard of. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that um, the stats that he's doing isn't necessarily unattainable now. I think they're easier to do it now than some eras. It's just the level of how many games he's done it consistently. Like guys mm-hmm, getting yes. thirty and ten, way more now than I, I've seen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that him being able to maintain that for such a stretch of games is, is yeah. So it's more the stretch of the, it's more the stretch of games than the numbers. Yeah, well, it comes to the point where it's just like that's just that's just him this year. Like it's not even that. Oh, he's yeah, he's yeah. had a good little run. It's like no, he's just like. He just out of his so, mind. So the, right the, the question is, the, the question is, when the streak breaks, is it going to be points or rebounds? Ooh, that's you my mean, question. Have, you yeah. So you probably, mean, re- probably rebounds? Oh, so you're saying will he have? Will it be will under ten first? rebounds or under, under 30 ten points? or under thirty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh man, that's a good one. I'm, I'm gonna say rebound just because I, I think that's more of an emphasis for <laughs> yeah. him, and I could see him. I could see him not do that one night. As of right now, looking at his stats, he it was off by one game. He had less than ten rebounds more recent than he had under thirty points. Um, 
But you're saying going forward, yeah, I'm going to say he just shoots so many. He's been, I mean, uh, I'm going to say points. I'm going to say points. Hmm. What did you say, Marcus? I, I said rebounds. You said rebounds? Rebounds, yeah. Um, what do you think? I'll say points because I think eventually – I'll say points because I eventually – I think eventually someone's going to come and double him off the board, bus. Yeah. I mean, he's even not game. playing. He's even uh, not playing fourth quarters. Like he's missed you're, like seven fourth. Yeah, quarters. you have you have you have a road game where somebody's just doubling him, and really like we're not going to. If we're going to lose, we're going to lose by other everybody else, not him. Yeah, well, go figure. Go figure. His under thirty point, the last thirty under thirty point game from him. The last two under thirty point games from him are versus Boston. Both of them. Rough. Yeah. But right now we'll take we'll take him being the early favorite for this. He just needs to sustain this kind of level of play and also just be healthy. And I think and we and, and we continue to win. And I think uh, we'll have two two in a row for him. But not going with. Um, all right, so we're going to get the game picks here. Uh, so tonight we are hosting the Toronto Raptors, and right now we are favored by eight and a half points. We played them two times this year. We beat them both times. Uh, one was before the Harden trade. We saw Tucker on the squad, and the other one was after the Harden trade. Um, do you think we win tonight, and do you think we'll cover the spread tonight? I think we will win. Uh, I don't think we'll cover. Uh, I'll say no on the cover. I agree. I think um, we've beaten them. Uh, one or two. We beat them by ten, I believe, and we beat them by seven, and then fifteen. The seven was at Toronto. The fifteen was at Philly. Um. I think they get a little more competitive. I think, and I think Siakam probably has a better game. I think he struggled against us both, both games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and he, he usually gives it to us pretty good. So I, I hope, I think, I know, I hope, I expect a, a bounce back from him. And I think they'll be a little more competitive tonight. Scotty Barnes, both games against us dominated. Yes, know. he has. He took the, the Siakam role against mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Eric, you you'd rather go? Would you rather go Sixers winning, or Toronto like plus like fourteen? Well, he doesn't Toronto. think we co- he doesn't think we cover. So of course. oh, you don't think we cover it? Okay, so yeah, then, then I guess you would take plus fourteen. Yeah. But how confident would he bet on the minus at plus eight? Then is a question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a big uh, difference. Yeah, I just, yeah, it's a big difference. Plus, so plus fourteen, or if you had to bet on it, if you were to say here's free fifty dollars, but you have to bet, Eric. Would you do plus fourteen or Sixers winning? I would do whichever one pays the most. Okay, I'm confident with either one of those. Okay, interesting. Well, let me. Uh, so Sixers winning would be minus three fifty five. That's fifty to win. You're bringing back fourteen bucks there, but it's f- if you said fourteen or fourteen and a half, Tasia. Fourteen. Fourteen. Um, fourteen would be. Oh, actually, yeah, uh, minus two ninety five for plus fourteen. So four, so that would bring back sixteen dollars. There you go. So slightly a little bit more for uh, Raptors plus fourteen there. Hmm. All right, so we're going to get to our final game. This is a Christmas Day game, prime time, 8 p.m. on Monday. So, uh, you know, get to wrap your – open your gifts, you know, eat some food. Um, our Chiefs play that day, so we get to watch the little Chiefs in the morning. We'll hopefully win the Raiders game and then watch the Sixers dominate the, the Heat uh, Monday night. So you know where I'm going with the, with that game. But um, Sixers are actually a one-and-a-half-point underdog in the game at Miami on Monday night. So uh, I want to ask you guys: Do the Sixers uh, win, or are we getting a lump of coal on uh, this Monday night game, Christmas Day game against Miami Heat? <sighs> well, yeah, I think this is where um, we fall to defeat on the holiday and tough game. Great place to visit. 
don't mm-hmm. think we pull it out. Too great. <laughs> Question is, when do they arrive? Do they arrive on Christmas Eve or do they arrive on Christmas? Because yeah. they have a night. I'm, I'm sure they go Christmas Eve. Well, then we. Don't I'm, I'm sure they go Christmas Eve. Yeah, no. Christmas Eve, Miami. Forget about it. Um, you can't go I'm, Christmas Day. Like you can't go the day of. Something yeah, may happen right. with the flight. Or you just. Um, two point underdog screams. They want you to take us, considering how well we're playing. I think. I think we. I think we. Yeah, we probably lose that game. Yeah, unfortunately. Really? Wow. Yeah, I just the line scared me more than anything. If you just told me like who do I think is going to win that game without any like Vegas stuff, I'd probably say us. But how well so, we're playing. So what's weird about this line is so if you look at DraftKings or any of the, the sports betting apps, this was one of the so all the Christmas Day games they've had like the line for this one for for you could actually go to it. That line's come actually down from plus three, which it opened up at, to now plus one and a half. So it's come it's come down one and a half points since the beginning of the season. Yeah, because they they knew they were flying to Miami this entire time. Miami probably has some guys. Some Miami probably has some guys that's been out. They don't know if they're gonna play. I don't know. I haven't looked at Miami. Yeah, every game they got someone else out. Well, Hero just came back, but he also even when he's come back, I think he's missed a game in between his comeback. Like they're like they're taking it easy on their guys for sure. So, um, so both you guys go Miami and. Don't Philly, so I'm... of course you are. <laughs> Chiefs and Great. Philadelphia oh, parlay on Christmas. That's the the, the Christmas parlay oh, there, right. guys. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but all right, guys. Well, we hope everyone, our our listeners and viewers, has a really great holiday and a merry Christmas. Um, Eric, Tasia, Tasia, I'll be seeing you for Christmas. But Eric, want to wish you and the fam a merry Christmas, my man. Absolutely. Likewise, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Appreciate Enjoy. you guys. Take it easy, fellas. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.